Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Unlike our natural resources, there is a limitless flow of mom advice. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Don't let them go for a longer stretch during the day than they're giving you at night. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Crying is the only exercise babies get. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. If you insist on doing everything your way, you will do everything forever. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the What Fresh Hell podcast. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we're talking about the best mom advice that we and all of you have ever gotten. I love this topic. This is your idea, I believe, and it is a great idea. I know, because... I just love mom advice. I love it. I love it when it's good and I love it when it's bad. There's so much of it where you're like, really? Have you road tested that advice? Because that makes no sense. A, f- a fount. I there is to- a fount. There is a, a spewing fountain that just spews towards you at all times, whether you want it Can- or not. Can I please uh, circle back? I want to give, because this is a good piece of advice from the Morning Madness episode a couple episodes back. I don't okay. know why we didn't think of this. My my, I was with my brother and sister-in-law. We went away for the weekend, and their alarm went off one morning, like a crack, crack, a really annoying sound. And they said, oh, that's our 10 minutes until we leave alarm. Like we had talked about setting alarms for times to go. They 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 set an alarm for this is the this is the toothbrush and shoes on alarm, and they made it purposefully the most annoying sound on their phone, and it can't go off until the kids are done. Wait a minute, it goes off for ten full minutes. It well, hopefully not. But if they don't want to put their shoes on, we laughed about how yes, it does take ten minutes to brush your shoes and <laughs> brush your shoes to brush your teeth and put your shoes on. If you want to take make take three minutes, that's great. If you want to take ten and a half, that's going to be a long time for the duck to be quacking. But that's that's what happens. I and I thought that's a, probably like, good motivation. Congenital horror of, of the sound of the alarm clock. And now with iPhones and stuff, like you can just be like, like that sound is so horrifying to me. It it if I ever have to wake up like in a motel and it's like, I just. It ruins my whole day. That 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 would terrify me, the idea of an alarm that I had to listen to in the morning. But it might motivate your kids. Might motivate my kids. So we, we went on Facebook and we asked uh, all of our listeners on our Facebook page, which is What Fresh Hellcast, what is your uh, best piece of advice you've gotten? And it could be a sort of words for the ages wisdom, or it could just be a, like, this is a really great tip that saved my life. And we got some of both. We've sort of broken them down by ages and stages. 
<laughs> and when Amy says we, that was her. It I was had me. nothing to do with that. And so I just show up for the recording three seconds beforehand in a bathroom, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, what are we talking about today? And then Amy tells me. I sort of, we, we divide our labor very well, like, like, a, like so any good partnership. Yes. I do the prep, and you do the post. Prep is not my thing. All right, so I'm following your okay. lead. Do you want to lead with your best mom advice? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I couldn't think of anything, and then I asked my sister, who has four little boys. We talk about her a lot. Six, four, two, and a baby, and I asked her what her, was, her best mom advice was and she had two pieces she said the first one is something you told me and i said it is oh look at you it all yeah yeah this is just right now and i That's said oh, good i advice. did, I did say that yeah then that that goes for the good times and the bad times teething baby up during the middle of the night this is just right now also um you know like Kids standing fourth on grader stage a valedictorian award right Right, your fourth grader who wants to hold your hand. This is just right now. So, so, so take in both the good and bad times and, and maintain perspective on both of them. That's really good, right? Solid. And then I'll start with her tip, too, because this is a little tip. It's a good one. When you have four kids, use the hypoallergenic, dreft, tide-free, whatever, whatever detergent you're using to wash the baby's clothes. Just wash all the clothes in the hypoallergenic detergent. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> I was just, my dad lives down in Florida, and we go a couple times a year. And there was a bottle of Dreft in the laundry room. And for some reason, it just made me laugh. I was like, oh, Dreft. I don't know. I just see Dreft and I just think. Back when um, you were over-engineering everything. That's what I think of when I see Dreft. I, I don't know. I look at Dreft now and I'm like, oh, we cared about Dreft. That's funny. <laughs> oh, we got a special detergent. Yeah, that that's exactly the feeling it gave me. And God bless all you Dreft users, but. I mean, when you see draft in 10 years, you're going to laugh at yourself. I, I, yeah, I will say by my third child, we were just using regular detergent for I everybody. I don't think I made it to three. But she does have draft. Uh, she, they, we have some <laughs> sensitive skin issues. Either. I could have done some like, listen, there are kids who have issues. And I'm, I'm just, for my kids, looking back now, like to my kids who still like, you know, eat stuff off the floor. They were not draft needers. Mm-hmm. They uh-huh. have other problems, but they're hardy. They're hardy Irish stock. They they were not in need of draft. Well, I would say the tip stands. Whatever detergent you're using can work for everybody. And she also said uh, her her sort of corollary to that was cold water. Everything in cold water, no sorting necessary. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I mean, she's like way ahead of me if she's even thinking about that. I'm a sorter, but but I'm going to say that when you have four kids, you don't have to sort your laundry. That's the I first will, thing that you go. Um, I, that leads in perfectly to my two pieces of advice. Oh, okay, go ahead. Number one, cut the onesie off when there's a blowout. Oh, this was Posey. One of our listeners named Posey had yes, the same I advice. I saw this because I was like, that, the, the, here's how to, and there's videos and you'll see them on like those, like, you know, video Facebook things. Here's how to successfully remove the blowout, the yellowish, greenish onesie. <laughs> Let me just say, cut the onesie off throw it away yeah it's that's when you want to remember there are three for ten dollars yeah I just, eminently just replaceable no, cut it off okay the other on a completely different level really the best piece of mom advice i ever got parenting is a 50 50 proposition it's 50 percent your need and 50 percent the baby's need as a part of the family those percentages get divided and so you're miserable when you're trying to figure out how to keep everybody happy it's never a 100 percent proposition it's when they're little, sleeping, for example, sleep training, and people get crazy about it. I'm a person who needs a lot of sleep. And for me, there was no option 
to try different methods to get the baby to sleep. I was a pretty hardcore sleep trainer because I knew my personal misery index would go too low if I couldn't get the baby sleeping. So I spent a lot of time and a lot of concentration on that thing. But there's other things I don't care about about as much. And so that's not my thing. I don't really, really care about it. I don't really care for late for school. I'm not willing to make myself crazy in the morning to get to school exactly as the school door opens. But explain to me how that's 50-50. Okay, so 50% is the baby's needs. Like the baby is having trouble sleeping. The baby is struggling with sleep. And so are you. So it's it not the, ba- if the, ba- the baby's need is I'm not ready to go to sleep. I'm, you know, up, tired, whatever, cranky, can't settle down. If it's 100% the baby, then you just do whatever the baby needs around its sleep and you just cater to every bit of the baby's sleep. Sure, that's what I did. Yes. Turned right. out great. <laughs> if it's 100% me, I'm like, put the baby in the barn until it just falls asleep and stops crying. Like, you have to find a middle ground bef- between your needs and the baby's needs, and that that's almost always where the sweet spot is. So Hillary, her, her piece of advice was from her mother. Wait, can we just back up and acknowledge how great my advice was for it's a second? Just, I feel like we're just blowing right well, by. I, I, I want to go back. <laughs> Explain to me, since we're stopped, explain to me how being late for school is 50-50. That's the one I was confused about. I'm not challenging. I'm just asking how does that play out? 100% of your... my kids' needs is laying around and doing nothing in the morning. 100% of my needs is I have to get my kid to school. And so our 50-50 is that we don't go too crazy about it. But at the end of the day, we all get to school, even if it's five or 10 minutes late. Okay. It's just the middle ground. And then... I'm constantly, now that I have three kids who are grown and old enough to express their needs, I want the windows down in the car. Here's the problem. You're a family of five. So if the other two kids don't want the windows down, you lose. Like everything we do is somewhere in the middle of all of our needs. Yeah, I guess that's that's where you have to be. You have to meet in the middle and where nobody's exactly happy, where everybody's complaining. Yeah, but but in some ways it's helpful and a good piece of... It reoriented me completely like, oh, but the baby needs this. The baby needs that. Like you need to meet the baby in the middle. Whatever your needs are, are just as valid as the baby's needs. Let's let's talk about some of the baby stuff that we got. Okay. All right. You ready? Mm -hmm. So Hillary says her mother told her no baby ever died from crying. So that when you hit the witching hour, and we all know the witching hour is sort of, for me, it was sort of like 5.30 p.m. when the baby's just crying to cry that it's okay to put the baby down, walk away, take a deep breath. That's always allowed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will even top that. My pediatrician said, crying is the only exercise babies get. <laughs> That's an old stronger. school pediatrician. Yeah. Crying is the only exercise babies get. It's how their lungs get stronger. It's how their muscles get stronger. And so... The idea, and I definitely see this now in other mothers who I look at and I'm like, okay, crazy. Uh, The idea that crying is a negative to be stopped at all costs is bonkers. Unless you're sitting behind me on a plane. I feel obliged to step in here in case somebody is home with a newborn with reflux. I mean, my first newborn was so bad. He was such a nightmare. I mean, he didn't cry. He screamed. If he was awake, he was screaming. I had and one I, too. My first was the same. And I would have done anything, you know, to get him to stop crying once in a while. And the problem was whenever I handed him off to somebody else so I could take a break, they'd say, oh, he's crying. I think he wants his mother. And they'd hand no, him right exactly. back to me. And it was a nightmare. So it's easy to say, like, let them cry. But but oh, babies no, no, that no. are in pain. Let me make a distinction. Babies who don't cry, who occasionally cry, you're bonkers if you're like, oh my God, what's wrong with the baby right, now that right. it's crying? 
we both had babies who cried like 75% of the day. (laughs) I had a yoga ball that I would sit on with the baby in a wrap bouncing up and down on the yoga ball, which by the way is a very good tip because it, it totally works. baby down. That's, that's the only thing that worked for us was that yoga My ball. My back would be like seizing and I would just try to take a break for a second and the crying was starting. I'm, that's not what I mean. But even then I kept saying to myself, this is his exercise. This is how he's getting his exercise. Mm. Crying is very difficult, but yeah, it, it doesn't kill them. My pediatrician told my mother when I was a baby, and my mother my mother is not one to sort of tell anybody how to do the, do things, but she did offer this advice to me repeatedly <laughs> with my children. I imagine what that is like. It was, well, it's sort of specific, but it was good. When, the, when they're little and their, their days and nights are all mixed up, don't let them go for a longer stretch during the day than they're giving you at night. Like if your baby's waking up every two hours all night long, then don't let them take a three-hour nap in the middle of the day. Their biggest stretch should be at night and, and make that happen. And we have, who was our person? Uh, never wake a sleeping baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Michael. Never wake a sleeping Mikhail. baby. Michael, yeah. where were you in um, 2002? Because <laughs> I Okay, did. so I, I totally basically did. completely agree with this advice. They're like, oh, I'm going to wake the baby here and there, 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 there. Never wake a sleeping baby, except for during the day. Right. I'm fine with what if you let a baby take a six hour nap, you're, you're, you're a real host at night. Yeah. And as Dr. Karp says, I think this is great advice. Always put the baby down sleepy, but not asleep. That if you establish the habit of you nursing them to sleep or rocking them to sleep and then like carefully, like Catherine Zeta-Jones in that movie, putting them in the crib and backing out of the room, then that's you've created the expectation that that's how it goes. Yeah. I feel like that can be a dicey one, but it's a good one to just do. Here's here's some and advice. Bren, Brenna Jen, Bren Jennings said, um, "Oh, don't nurse the baby to sleep. Don't exactly, nurse the baby to sleep. Yeah, and she said she nursed all the time. The kid was on my boob twenty hours a day, but I never nursed her to sleep. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's hard. Believe me, it's hard. But it's not as hard as it sounds. Heather, did you see Heather? Heather, this could throw this whole episode into disarray. But she's like, don't listen to anybody who isn't you or your baby or your other significant caregiver. And I do think it's true that." You should take all advice with a grain of salt if you just know it doesn't apply to to your kid. Absolutely. And and we both have three kids and you find this all the time. Like, you know what's really good? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, right, that's good for two of my kids. But one of my kids I would never work for. Mm-hmm. And so, I, although Heather's kind of dissing our whole episode topic, thanks a lot, <laughs> Heather, it's also a little bit true. But a lot of this stuff, there's good takeaways in. Sure, you can... You, sh- you can peruse this advice and take what works for you. And I think what she's saying, which is a very, very important part of it, and it comes into our next piece of advice, which is Tammy saying she was having a panic attack about like three-year-old colicky son, like how's she going to get into the store? Like how's she going to open the door? If she's pushing the stroller, where's she going to put the groceries? And her sister said, geez, Tammy, give yourself some credit. And it's like the idea, there is something that feels so daunting about having a baby and dumber people than you have done it in much harder circumstances. People who care less about it have managed to get it done. So people who have lived completely outside without shelter have raised babies. Like you're going to be okay. You have a mama roo or whatever, you know, like it's not, it's not rocket science either. You know, I mean, I just think there's a lot, that is designed to psych us out. Like there's a right way to do it. And if you're not doing it the right way, you're the bad one. And the biggest advice is to just try to let that go. I I 
actually wrote a book about this, about how once you become a parent, there's there's a, just a marketplace of books and stuff. And the way to sell it is to make you feel off balance and unsure because it sells stuff. And and so we're that's kind of the victim of all of, all of that. life for women, by the way. Yeah, that's true. That's women's magazines. That's diets. That's makeup. That's, you know, things that make your wrinkles go away. Yeah. What if we all just were like, eh, we got this. We're fine. Yeah. So so Dr. Spock, did your did your mother read Dr. Spock? Do you remember I think if it was so. around? Yeah. So that was the sort of it was written in the nineteen forties and it was still being updated through the seventies and even eighties. And and so his Dr. Spock guide to childcare, it was a it was a male, but he said he learned everything he knew from watching mothers that he worked with. And the first line of the book is you know more than you think you do. So Absolutely in the nineteen forties, fifties and sixties and seventies women were hearing, you, you got this. That was the first sentence of the Bible of childcare. And I feel like since then, it's gotten a lot more complicated. Well, there's so many voices out there, so many blogs, so many <coughs> parenting podcasts that, you know, constantly tell you what to do and how to do it. And I think that expectation that like, you know, every raising children is this fulfillment of your destiny. And I think being able to acknowledge that parts of it are really hard and not fun it's so important, too. It's probably best in pictures. Like, now I get yes. the shutterfly. Remember 13 years ago? I get those in my, in my emails. Life and, is Facebook. Oh. Like, the Halloween where everyone's crying and punching each other and fighting over the candy. What you actually look back on is a picture of, like, your three adorable kids dressed as, like, Dorothy, the Tin Man, and the Lion. And you're like, oh, it was such a misty, watered, covered memory. But if you had to relive that day, you'd be like, never again. <laughs> exactly. I think we should move on to toddlers. You don't want to dis- dis- discuss my horror of being a parent anymore? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> All right, fine. Let's move on to toddlers. That's also horrible. I got one from Twitter. This is I'm going to surprise you with this one because I got it just off Twitter this morning. Because, you know, you can reach out to us on Twitter as well. Uh, yeah, that's at what? No, stop. It's at WFH podcast. That's right. Uh, we couldn't call it the other thing because it was too many... Too many uh, letters for Twitter. That's right. All right. So Jen on Twitter, this was her advice. She said she had a picky eating toddler, which we all know about those. And she said her toddler would only eat white things. And her pediatrician told her that studies showed over the course of a week, toddlers instinctively choose foods that meet their baby's nutritional needs. No idea if he was BSing me, but I stopped worrying, she said. I think he was BSing her, but I think... Uh, no, I don't, I don't know. Well, who knows? Who cares? I don't think they instinctively get their nutritional needs in a week, but I also think they all live to uh, adulthood having had white food only for a couple of years. We had a hilarious um, bir- uh, child birthing class. It wasn't a birthing class. It was like the taking care of the baby class at our hospital. And the lady who ran it just had this funny cadence. She had obviously done it 10 million times. Like she was totally not invested. And she's like, if you are bleeding after birth, that is normal. If you are hemorrhaging and bleeding through, that is not normal. And then that was the entire class. She would just categorize like you're such a jerk for not knowing this stuff normal or not normal and like my husband and i still say that all the time but i'm like do you think it's normal they eat white food and he's like i think it's normal like it's normal it's normal it's not not normal (laughs) sarah this is my good friend actually sarah she has a two-year-old and this is really good advice that i hadn't heard before best advice for raising a toddler only give the toddler as many options as they are years old 
If they're two, they get two choices. If they're three, they get three. Applies to everything from outfits to snacks to books. Solid. I, I have never heard that advice before, and I wish I'd known it. Because mm-hmm, exactly. now I have someone who has nine options and someone who has seven <laughs> options. This also is parallel to the advice, which I'm sure everyone's heard. Birthday party guests. You get as many birthday party guests as you are years old. Yes. Now, when did both of these stop? stuck to that like the Bible. And I'll tell you what, it was awesome. Well, it's a non-negotiable, right? It's, it's like just a, a two-year-old birthday party with two other kids. They have a great time. Three-year-old birthday party with three other kids. They have a great time. It's exactly the right thing. See, my eight-year-old tried to tell me that she was supposed to have a sleepover with eight other kids. And I said, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's not like, true anymore. Don't be crazy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, Sue says, my mother told me it takes two days to make a habit and two days to break it. If you let your child crawl into bed with you and then again the next night, you have a habit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's better to remember it on the break it side. Because uh-huh, you're right. we did the toddler bed thing and the first night was five hours of blank facing and putting him back to bed. And I just thought if I hadn't known that, I would have never even I would have just said he can't do it. And the next night it took maybe 40 minutes. And then the third night he just slept in bed all night. It really is like two days. That's an important, this is just right now moment, right? Like this is, I, I, do, I will not always live in this land of no sleep because we're transitioning from the oh, toddler. Oh gosh, when you've got babies and toddlers that this is just right now. Oh, there are so many days where you're just like, I have always been like this and I will never be anything. <laughs> I remember having a nursing baby, my first baby, and I was watching the World Series on TV. And I literally, it was my first, and I was in that alternate universe of like, Bad nursing experience, bad birth, lots of problems, recovering, just feeling like I've been hit by 10 trains. And I'm nursing the baby and we were watching the World Series. And I remember thinking, how are all these people out of the house? Did none of these people have kids? Like nobody at the World Series? Like, because when you have kids, your entire life just stops forever. And, and <laughs> it didn't even occur to me that it was a strange thought. Right, that the world was continuing to exist outside. Right, this. and that, that people who had kids eventually did something other than bleed from every part of their body and have, you know, like, I would look at these women like, how are they there? I mm-hmm. don't even understand it. <laughs> and don't you look back now? I mean, I, lo- I do look back on the three kids in diapers at the same time, like, does not compute. That person's crazy. And then you realize it was My you. mom tried to warn me. I'm like, the, my, I called my mom, you know, everyone calls their mom, I'm pregnant, hooray! You see all this Facebook videos. I called her to tell her I was pregnant with my third. She was like, "Yeah, that's going to be a rough couple of years, though." I'm telling you, <laughs> she done it too. Hers were one exact three. She had three kids exactly one year apart, and she knew from which she spoke. She knew, and she set boundaries, right? As a grandparent, like she wasn't going to move in with you or anything. She uh... oh, she wasn't even close. Please, <laughs> no. She was like, "I did that. I, that's how I am. I'm like, I did my time." <laughs> I mean, oh. God bless everyone who's into their grandkids, but I can't wait to do this podcast. Like, what is it? Oh yeah, be, when uh, I'm seventy, I'm gonna be like, grandkids. Hands? I think I have some. I think I heard something about that, but I'm not really sure. I saw some pictures; they look cute. I love Jackie's advice that she got from her mother-in-law. Boys don't need a reason; they just do stupid stuff. And she uses a more colorful word instead. <laughs> 
I called my mother-in-law. She has four sons crying. Why? Why would he do such a thing? And she calmly replied, oh, honey, if you're looking for the why, you'll be looking for a long time. Boys don't have a why. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, toddlers just do stupid stuff. But maybe... Yeah, it doesn't have to be boys. But there's something very unique about boys where you're like... You took a stick from outside. You stuck it in the toilet. That I mean, it's just like, there's not one part of this plan that makes any sense whatsoever. My son, when he was six, took a buckyball. These have since been outlawed, but you know those magnet toys? <laughs> of course they have. Right, and, and, and people totally judge me on the internet about this. Like, well, why'd you give him buckyballs? Like, I didn't give him a buckyball. He got one at school. His friend brought them to school and handed one out to all his friends. It's like a ball bearing. And and he she really, really didn't want to lose it. And he thought, if I put it in my pocket, I might lose it. So he put it in his ear for safekeeping. I had several guesses and ear was not on them. So yeah. ear is actually an improvement. Over he what put it thinking. in his ear and then that was why because he didn't want to lose it well he didn't lose it surgically removed yes it did (laughs) not surgically but we but right a doctor was involved we go to it's worth telling the story we go to the we go to the regular doctor is like oh i can't get this send sends us to the ent the ent takes me out in the hallway like this is going to be excruciating and i'm going to need you to hold him down okay let's go back in the room so we we go in i'm really psyched um he puts in the like metal probe just to begin to do it the thing is magnetic and it jumps the the ball bearing fully like jumps and attaches to the probe oh and, and it was a done. total non-issue done and done. so this kid in the taxi on the way home was like that wasn't that big a deal it really wasn't a problem i put it in my ear and i'm like it look okay it, i may start scoring a lot of stuff there <laughs> yeah let's go that was i needed to hurt a little more than it did in the end my sister has a very similar story in that her kid had a horrible earache and she took him to the doctor and she's at home and so she calls her husband she says i'm at the doctor with him he's got a really bad earache they think there's something in it and her husband goes oh it's gonna be a green crayon they sent him home from daycare whatever a couple weeks ago and said we have this weird thing where he was playing with a green crayon and now we can't find it and we think maybe he ate it. So if you see green later, don't freak out. But no, he hadn't eaten it. He had stuck it in his ear. An entire crayon? No, just like a section of a crayon. Oh my goodness. It was like he was playing with a crayon that a se- the tip was missing and they couldn't find it and they, they were just like, hey, FYI, he might have eaten it. So if you see green, don't don't go crazy. So so our best mom advice is... I guess another piece of missing. if you're missing something, look in your <laughs> boy's ear. Very possible. With that, I think it's a good time to take a break. I mean, you can't top that. You can only take a break. No, we're good. Uh, uh, Don't ever say you can't top that. No, no, we got. We have. I got something a lot better than that. We got advice for big kids when we come back. Sounds great. We'll be back after this. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? Say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. 
Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. And now, from the What Fresh Health podcast... Bad mom advice. Wake your baby up to feed it every three hours, no exceptions. You should have another baby to keep this baby company. Sanitize everything. Sleep when the baby sleeps. Just bring the baby to the bar. No one will care. You should have a baby to win your boyfriend back. You can't get pregnant during your period. You shouldn't cuddle the baby so much. You're going to spoil him. Don't drink coffee while you're pregnant. It will turn the baby's hair a weird color. To bring you and your husband closer together, you should have a baby. You should never let a cat near a baby. Everyone knows that cats hate babies. Put some rice cereal in her bottle. That'll get her sleeping through the night. You can't get pregnant while you're breastfeeding. If your kid bites you, bite him back. Listen, if your kid does not make the elite squad by the time they're six, their career in sports is over. This has been Bad Mom Advice from the What Fresh Hell podcast. A little whiskey in the bottle never hurts. 
Amy, let's talk about planning our life. Let's. It's hard. It's very hard to plan a life, isn't it? But I have a solution for planning your life a little bit better. What is it? It's erincondren.com. I love Erin Condren's life planners because they have these stickers and stuff in the back. Like, you know how people have those bullet journals and they'll put them on Pinterest or Instagram. It's right. Like, but and my you're handwriting like, how can cute. anyone make one of those? That's not a human being who did that. Y- yeah, yeah. It, this the if you want your crazy life to look at least pretty, then you then it has all these ways to organize yourself, and it just it just renders it really easy, and it's also really customizable because sometimes you get those planners and half of the things are are, are not useful, like, a, like right. an address book in it or something. But but these life planners, you can say I want this this kind of pages, I want this kind of layout, I want the cover to have my kids on it or or my name in this cool font, or and I want it spiral bound or hard bound, and it's kind of it's kind of fun. I am an analog journal keeper for life. I do not like to plan stuff on my phone or my computer. I like to write it down. And I am a whiteboard user. As we know, I recently posted a picture of my whiteboard on the Facebook page, and you could all see that it is crazy serial killer scrawl looking. I am not a Pinterest person. I do not do things in like a fancy Pinterest way. And yet, Erin Condren raises my game a little bit. (laughs) And, you know, they don't just do planners because they also make cool personalized gifts. So I've gotten, they have this sort of lucite tray that you can get, get a photo on or, or, or so I will get when, when, um, if I go to an engagement party or something, I'll get their names on it and a cool thing. And then like, who, who can't use another like cool tray with their name on it when people come over for drinks or the something. Six times a year where you're like, oh, am I supposed to bring something? Erin Condren yes. is a great solution yes. for those times. Yes. Go to bit.ly forward slash Erin Fresh and check it out for yourself. Okay. We're back guys. Did you all check your kids' ears while we were away? <laughs> I love, I'd like to start our big kids advice with, with uh, Jennifer's grandfather's advice, which is completely out of left field, but I love it. My grandfather, she said, was full of wise sayings, and my favorite was to have your kids up and walking by the time you're 30. Jennifer's what grandfather, mean? we, <laughs> it, means, it means you and I totally failed his test. Like we should be, your kids should be fully out of toddlerhood by the time you're 30 years old. Okay, dude, I missed it by 10 years. I didn't have my kids up and walking by the time I was 40. I was a decade I didn't have my that. kids up and walking. Mm, I barely had my kids up and walking by the time I was 45. I had a four-year-old when I was 45. Yeah. Sorry, Jennifer's grandfather. Sorry, I mean, Jennifer's maybe it is good advice, but but I have, we can't, we can't <laughs> Blew say. Blew right by that one. On, on, a, on an easier to What's uh, achieve so funny note. is I did not even, I could not even understand what that advice <laughs> right. meant. It didn't compute. Like, what do you mean, baby, before 30? Um, I've heard of a reverse version of this, which is that my best friend had her first at 18 and her second at, or her last at 37. Wow. And she always says, like, 18, you're in physical great shape, but your life's a mess. 37, your life's together, but physically you're in horrible shape. Like, you just pick your battles. Yeah. Not us, though. So We're their fabulous shit. grandfather. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, all right. This, this is the best piece of advice from Jennifer's grandfather. This one, this one I find a little more easy to swallow. Um, that, that when her kid was a teenager driving her nuts, she was told, do not let this tiny blip of time ruin your lifetime relationship. Jennifer's grandfather, I'd just like to say thank you. That is something I needed to hear. I'm this still week. bitter at Jennifer's grandfather, <laughs> so I'm not sure if I'm ready to thank him, but uh, that is solid advice. My mom and I didn't do a great job with that. And like 
I, we went toe to toe with every single thing, every single minute of every single day for years. And I look back and I'm like, I don't know that that was the best use of our time, but it worked out fine. Yeah. I mean, you, you had a good adult relationship, right? An amazing adult relationship. Yeah. That's what's so crazy. And I kind of think we could have probably skipped a couple of those fights. Like we did not need to go toe to toe on every single thing. But, you know, we were both stubborn or whatever. I just remembered a piece of advice for toddlers that I have to say, even though we've moved on. After okay, toddlers. circle back. It's worth it. We're circling back because this is fantastic advice. My husband's college roommate's wife gave me this advice when I was pregnant and we said it like every day. Saying no means standing up. That was great advice. Oh, yes. You've told me that it is good advice. Saying no means standing up. Explicate so like, this, please. Kid across the room eating crayons. Stop eating those. No, no, no. Put those down. Okay, cut it out. The like the disciplining that is I sit still and scream around the house to try to get my kids to stop doing something. A, it involves constant screaming going on in your house. B, the kid knows you're not serious and is not going to stop. And C, it just constantly undermines your own authority because the kid is like, they're not even interested enough to get me to stop doing this to get up. And it's also kind of pick your battles. Like if I'm comfy on the couch, I got my coffee, I'm relaxing. I'm like, eh, I'm willing to let that go. That's a choice. But child punching the other child in the head, I stand up, I walk over, I remove the violent child, I put them in timeout. Like you cannot discipline from the couch. That is great advice. Yeah, it's great advice. And, and and what I have to deal with is like the rage. I feel like, are you seriously making me pause Game of Thrones right now? Like <laughs> you have to let that go. It is part of the job description, I think. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, like it's the kind, like most advice, I recognize it's great advice, but I always do it. Mm -hmm. My kids are, our bedroom's downstairs and my kid's bedroom upstairs. And I occasionally am like, will find myself screaming, stop murdering each other at the top of my lungs. Cause I'm not, I'm like, I don't really want to climb the stairs. I'm too tired. <laughs> But I will admit that it doesn't. But you work recognize as well. it, right? You see that in yourself. Like, I guess it's going not... up and stopping them from murdering each this other. This is fifty percent me not really caring enough to go upstairs, and fifty yeah. percent me wishing I could go upstairs. Yeah, exactly. All right, my, Phoebe. Get, this is an interesting one I've never heard before. Uh, Phoebe says, on a less positive note, rats don't have mice, and this means when you're dealing with your children's relationships, issues, disappointments with other kids. Rats don't have mice. <laughs> what, does that mean mean parents have mean kids? I think it's what it means. Yeah, that's probably true. I, I mean, 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 mean parents have mean kids. Yeah, I guess that's... But I don't know. Would I say that to my kids and be like, oh, they're just mean because their parents are horrible people? No, it doesn't have to be... This doesn't have to be advice you say to your kids. It just has to be... It's just something you know for yeah, yourself. It's advice, yeah, it's advice. That makes sense. something you have known to be true for yourself. Yeah, it's true. All right, Jen has one of the all-time great ones for me. This is one that really has stuck with me over the years. Your child isn't giving you a hard time. He's having a hard time. Now, do you know Jen in real no, life? No, I do not know That's Jen That's funny because this is advice that you've given to me. Yeah, yeah. You like this advice too. Yeah, I don't, and I tried to look up who, who said this first, and I can't seem to figure out who said it first. There's... A uh, doctor named Stuart Shanker, who I think might have said it first, but I couldn't I couldn't find the exact quote. But it's a great it's it, it helps you reframe. She says helps you reframe your focus on how you can help or soothe a kid, a kid who's acting out. And this kind of does include a one year old and a 15 year old, a kid who's acting out and being completely unreasonable is dealing with something. If you can help them figure out what they're dealing with, what what help they're actually crying out for. 
it helps you calm them down faster, but it helps also helps you not meet it with n- not meet it with the yelling and screaming and anger and how dare you? You know, and like what's, I have what's a really going on here? My sister <clears throat> was talking about this coming home. She was on a bus coming home from a field trip with like little kids. I don't know if they're preschool, but like younger kids and with the lady who ran the school and one of the moms was saying to the woman who ran the daycare, well, you know, they just don't mind and they're just so rude in these mouths and, and, and the woman like put her hand on her shoulder and she's like, oh, they're just babies. While I think a lot of the noise these days is like children are so overindulged and, you know, people let them get away with anything. And right. Da, 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 da. There is always a rule. I, I remember that the phrase stuck with me a lot and I would watch even like my five or six year olds really have an annoying kind of stupid tantrum because it's like waffles instead of pancakes or whatever it was. And that phrase came back to me again and again, like, oh, they're just babies. They're just trying to figure out the world. And teenagers still, they're just babies. You know, like they're just, they're trying to figure things out that are hard and scary and confusing for them. And so you don't want to tip into like the precious snowflake thing of let them get away with anything and they can't be held responsible for their own behavior. I mean, obviously all of that stuff is important. But it's good to hold that little room in your heart for them, which is, man, this is really hard. Yeah. And they're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love this one. And I found a, a good um, New York Times motherload blog on this topic I'll put up. And it's about seeing tantrums as distress and not defiance. And, and I just noted I that it's, it's by helpful. Jenny Anderson, who I'm related to. You're related to Jenny Anderson? Yeah. Her cousin, her brother is married to my cousin. What? <laughs> Uh, So she says that tantrums are nothing more than emotions run amok in a brain that is not yet capable of self-regulation. So that's a more um, eloquent way of saying what we were just saying. But she also... Yeah, and I I know people's heads explode because it's like, we don't need to understand kids. We need to keep them in line. Like, yes, at a certain point, behavior is behavior and unacceptable behavior is unacceptable behavior. But coming at things from a point of view that is, and in fact, good advice because my mom gave me this advice all the time in relation to everything you can you only address behavior and so if you're storming out of the table if you're if you're having a fit at the table it's fine to say you have to leave the table because that's unacceptable behavior at our table but it's also fine to then go afterwards and say wow something must really be bothering you for your behavior to be this because your behavior is unacceptable but as a person I love you. So let's figure out what's causing that bad behavior from your great self. This is the corollary to not giving you a hard time having a hard time. The corollary is when kids push you away, you need to pull them close. In other words, that kids sometimes ask for love in the most confusing ways. Yes. Like teenagers. And you know who said this? Um, the, the author of Mean Girls, Katie Hurley, that we interviewed a couple weeks ago. She said... I said something to her like, oh, and then girls get to be teenagers and they don't need you anymore. And she was said like, uh, 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 they, they're going to act like they don't need you. They're going to push you away. They're going to reject you in a hundred ways. And they really need you more than ever. But you just have to <laughs> understand how to read that. And I thought, right. Oh, and okay. you have to pull them close emotionally, but you don't want to chase them with your boundaries. So if your boundary is like you have to be home at 11 o'clock. And your kid starts not coming home at 11 o'clock. The solution is not to be like, okay, I guess we'll make it midnight. Like the boundaries and the rules stay in place. The behavior is not acceptable, but the closeness is what you're, you're seeking. But, but the boundaries and the rules don't change. Okay, I like that. 
and, and here's one I have for older kids um, that uh, I don't know if anybody. Yeah, I, yeah, I read this in Isabel Gilley's book. We talked about this once happens happens every day that that this was in the middle of this book, and she had older kids than I did at the time, and it's so true that you have <sighs> to be ready. So good. You have to be ready to drop everything when your kids are ready to talk. This is this is for older kids. I feel like younger kids are always ready to talk to you, but but older kids, they they their lives, the things that they care about are sort of more of a mystery. They you know they, in developmentally appropriate ways, start to have separate lives. But but when your fifteen year old all of a sudden has a whole monologue that he wants to deliver about, and it could be about the NBA draft or it could be about somebody that they you know met at school today you have to be ready to stop what you're doing even if it's an incredibly inconvenient moment even if you were in the middle of a you know I don't know what middle of making dinner uh middle of an important conversation with your husband they just they pick the strangest moments to be like so mom so mom so mom and and I have and I hear that in my head every time like stop what you're doing and and just listen put the phone down for heaven knows and 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 just listen to what they're telling you because you never know when it's going to show up. And I would add to that, purposely create conversational opportunities. So like driving around town is when my kids talk to your back is to them. You're not staring in their face and whatever it is, sometimes have the kids in the kitchen while you're cooking. Anytime your back is to kids, they suddenly want to start talking to you. Exactly. And so find conversational opportunities. And then I would also suggest, which was a big piece of advice that I got growing up, family dinners. We eat dinner together as a family, probably four or five times a week. My kids are young. They're not often a million activities, but every night at dinner, what was the best part of your day? What was a hard part of your day? What was a silly part of your day? Like we just, we just have conversations at the dinner table and we have a bunch of rules. Like we're not allowed to talk about movies. We're not allowed to talk about, you know, it, it, it just, it's, it's pretty forced, but it does mean that if stuff starts coming up, I, I feel like I would start to hear about it. And 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 my kids are older than yours, right? And I and just this morning I saw them at breakfast. They were sitting enjoying breakfast, and I was a little bit nuts because, of course, we're running late, and here comes the bus. But the three of them were sitting at the breakfast table, enjoying each other's company so much, and laughing about something like a song. I barely even understood what they were talking about. But the three of them are having just the nicest conversation and getting along, and. Uh, and that's what happens when you do sort of set up that expectation. They start to do it without you, and then you then you have to let them be five minutes late for school because heaven knows that doesn't always happen. Right? Like no, no, no. What's important, and 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 what can and and those moments are. What did you say? This won't last. Like it's like yeah, yeah. Though, this is just right now. This is just right now. I'm 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 ready. I'm moving on to a to a one that I needed to hear. Sort of a big picture one from Sarah. We had a bunch of Sarahs. But this one from Sarah said, if you insist on doing everything your way, you will do everything forever. Be a partner with your spouse and step back to this let them have the their own style. This is the best piece of advice. Please listen to it. She, she, but by the way, she's sub-credited. She's like, credit Chris. So thanks, Chris, for telling Sarah to tell us <laughs> this advice. This is a, an important piece of advice, and it is part of the modern dilemma of like all the books and all the everything, and if you don't know how to do it perfectly, it's somehow a failing on your part, and I'm the only one who needs knows how to rock my baby correctly, and I'm the only one who knows how to feed them the things they like. I, my sister-in-law really taught me this. She would give me at 22 and her dopey brother at 23, and we would go babysit those kids for four days while they went away. We didn't know what the heck they were doing, and she wrote us some lists, but... 
I am the only one who knows how to take care of my kid properly is a self-fulfilling prophecy that will kick you in the butt for the rest of your life. Don't do it. You're not more special or more smart if you're the only one who knows how to take care of your kid. And my husband's an idiot who doesn't know the right way to feed the baby or wash the clothes. Dangerous, dangerous game for your marriage and your life. Try not to do it. It's hard. But yeah, I, I would, had to break this habit in myself. And yeah, I do too. I like to be the best at everything. And I like to tell my husband, like, that's not actually the way the baby likes the diaper to be put on. And I caught myself as much as possible. But don't do it. You can't you don't get to both do everything and be resentful that you do everything. No. If you if you are if you are putting exacting standards on things. Yeah. Should we move on to the practical advice? We had some good bits of practical advice. I like practical. These aren't life changers, but they well they maybe are life changers. They're solid, practical. Okay, so Lisa says when you go to the grocery store, instead of looking for a spot close by the door, park by the cart return. Solid. Genius. Because when you're with little kids, really that is that is easier. Yeah. Okay, done. Kara says that when you have little kids, just keep an empty bin in the closet, like for baby clothes. And it, every time you, you know, f- come across something that's too small for the baby, just throw it in the bin. And then when the bin's full, label it with painter's tape, three to six months, six to 12 months, whatever it is. And you're, and then you have it to give away. Yeah, and you have it to give away or stick in the that's closet right. for the next one or whatever. But it's you're, you're, um, you're sorting as you go rather than <sighs> stuffing it all I'm back in the drawer. That. Even with my six-year-old, I'm starting that. Oh, yeah. Smart. Yeah, I, I always have in my closet a uh, like a giveaway bag going. Smart. And also, I would say, adding to that, every time you do laundry, when you're folding laundry, ha- have a giveaway pile near where you fold your laundry. Oh, that's because, a good like, idea. Every third shirt put away. If you're like me with a million cousins, the hand-me-downs flow, and you'll never get rid of them. Uh, <laughs> do you want to tell everybody what Stacy said? Oh my God, Stacy's a genius. Never, <laughs> ever, ever bring a vomiting child into your bed. I mean, solid. That's right, the vomiting sister, kids. I think your sister, oh no, it was a, a very seasoned mom she knows, so thanks, friend of Sarah's. This is such good advice. There's an, oh, let me cuddle you. Keep a vomiting child out of your bed. Yeah, she also, says. Also, watch snuggling with kids. They have lice. <laughs> Corollary. Corollary. Um, she says, if you're wondering what you should do with a vomiting child, her friend said, count sleep a total loss, set up shop on the couch with a child, a puke bucket, bucket, puke bucket and a movie. Mm, I would disagree. Put the child and a puke bucket on the floor next to your bed. Because in my experience, if you've got a two-year-old, you're hosed. Like that thing, it's just like basically a fire hose of vomit going off every hour and you're, you're almost out of luck. Possibly put them in the bathroom or the bathtub. Often vomiting kids, they're like, I just put them on the floor next to the bed with a bucket. And then I just wake up to that like, and I just try to throw the bucket under their (laughs) mouth. But no, keep them out of your bed. I'm going to say on the floor with with old towels over the carpet and a bucket. Yeah, I'm just saying the bathtub might seem mean, but put a couple of old towels in there and you're you're easy clean. (laughs) It could be very cozy in there. It's very cozy. Come on, kiddo. It's very cozy in the bathtub. But the point is well taken. Like if you don't want the if you don't want to catch the stomach bug, then don't actually introduce it to your sheets that you're going to sleep in. And also just just so you don't want someone vomiting in your bed. It's disgusting. (laughs) These are just these are life's. This isn't even mom advice. It's just life advice. I had a practical one that I'm sharing too. Let's go. It's my pet peeve. Put the iPad down and watch the play or the dance recital 
or the whatever your kid is doing playing recorder on the stage. You will never, ever, ever in your life be like, let me pull out my iPad and watch this shaky video. Enjoy the third grade play as it happens one time. I totally Experience agree. I, I, we went to something when my kid was a kindergartner. It was LA, so people tended to roll a little bit more like I'm a cameraman. You could not see a single kid. All you could see was a thousand screens of iPads all blocking each other. And somewhere up there was my kid like doing little hand motions and being like, the sun will come out tomorrow. Like, I couldn't see a thing. And I just thought, I wanted to shake every single person in that room and be like, when do you think you're going to sit around and watch this? Watch, have the experience. Just watch them do the thing. Mm -hmm. Amber said something that kind of relates to that. And it's, it's standard advice, but like the more you unpack it, the, the more sense it makes that you need to just slow down and enjoy, slow down and enjoy things. As you said, put the iPad down. And she's, she talks about how you're in a rush to hurry up to get to the milestones and you can sometimes miss the the lasts and the and the rush to sort of document the firsts you forget the lasts like the last time they hold your hand crossing the street the last time they ask you to cut their sandwich um and you're going to miss those when you're trying to render it perfect right instagram ready or or I don't know what for well, for Glennon for Doyle um, has a great piece about this, which I'll find and we'll put it up. And it's about the idea of like enjoy every moment is kind of a crazy piece of advice. Like, wait, a lot of this stinks, you know. And she talks about like two different kinds of time and and the difference between like getting through certain things is okay because the idea of enjoying every moment is impossible. But when the time comes to actually enjoy the time lean in and really enjoy it and it's it's a really good perspective on it like those people who like constantly stop you and they're like enjoy these days you're like uh okay i'm gonna try but like i didn't really enjoy those days i don't know that i really do miss having a one-year-old you know but at the same time life goes really fast i was at a wedding this weekend of my cousin's daughter like a whole new generation of kids getting married and starting again and i'm like the old mom in the corner and i'm like Wait, what happened? Like, how am I at the old ladies' table? Like, yes, it goes fast, but finding that balance between, oh my God, this precious moment where this baby is vomiting into my mouth. Like, no, it's a no. My mom um, has always said, this this is my mom's advice, the days are long, but the years are short. Someone wrote that on a card to me the day I had my, my, my sister's mother-in-law, Jane, wrote that on a card to me. And now I've heard it a million times, but I'd never heard it before. And it, it was amazing advice. Yes, it really because I think That's it's what exactly you're saying. What it is, right? Like your Tuesday at home with the two kids that both have strep throat is going to be endless. But right, but you're at the but high school graduation. You're going to wake up and be at the old ladies' table at a wedding yeah. soon, and you're going to be like, Wait, "What happened?" Like all these beautiful young girls who were the bride and the bridesmaid who have known since they were little kids. Like, I want to grab them and be like, "You're going to be fifty soon," <laughs> and and I didn't. I didn't do that because I want to be invited ever again to somewhere out in public. But there is a weird feeling that you have. And I understand why ladies older than me do it to me about my little ones. Like you you want to somehow explain to them, like I had no idea when I was 30 and beautiful that I was going to be 47 and sitting at the adults table two days from now. Like it, it just, it is very hard to explain how time passes. And my dad's 80 and he, he said on his 80th birthday, he said, 
you just never do expect to be 80, you know? And I'm sure he still feels like a 30-year-old. You know, it just, it does go fast, but that thing of enjoying every moment is horrible advice. Yeah, that's bad advice, but it, but it does go fast, so try to enjoy the enjoyable parts. Amy, I think we've said a mouthful there. We've enjoy the it. parts that are enjoyable. Yeah, you know. Enjoy, try to enjoy it. Put the iPad down and watch. Listen to the good conversations. Try to treasure the moments where your kids are playing beautifully together. Like, try to suck the marrow of enjoyment out of those great moments, realizing that there are going to be in a sea of a lot of stuff that's maybe not so great. Lice and vomit. <laughs> Lice and vomit. That was I'm like a Mary saying. Catherine Gallagher, like, you landed Lice it, you stuck the landing. Lice and vomit. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, that's our mom advice episode. Come on. We've given you a lot to think about. And we want you to come back to our Facebook page with even more best mom advice or just react to the advice we've gotten. And you can do that at facebook.com forward slash what fresh hellcast. And that's also our Instagram tag, what fresh hellcast. And we're on Twitter at WFH podcast. And, and also we've been getting some really nice reviews of the podcast and i would like you if you have not given us a review of the podcast to do so because that makes a huge difference in helping new people find the podcast it sure does we're going to put all of this great mom advice up on our show page on our website which is whatfreshhealthpodcast.com and you can always talk to us there you can leave us a speak pipe telling us what uh, topic ideas you have for us coming up which we totally listen to and use as new topics and tell us your best mom advice there as well and that's it for this week guys we'll see you next week with a whole new episode so long margaret it's an exciting news day an exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.